The NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out the bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment. Coors Light. And finally, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest, where you can win up to $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Hello and good morning to all you NBA DGENs out there. This is the NBA Gambling Podcast on Friday, May 28th, 2021, episode 186. I am the beach bankroller, the NFT nutcase, the notorious RFB Ryan, rich, fat baby McKee, and I'm coming to you from my new North Carolina private island estate over on Curie Beach. Follow me at the Ryan McKee on Twitter. You can uh, check out all my video work over at the Action Network's YouTube channel. I used to be the managing editor here at SGPN, but I'm over at the Action Network now. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast on Apple and Spotify. We are pumping out episodes nearly every day now that the playoffs are going at every weekday for sure. Um, and you'll get great content from me, Dan T Money Titus, Zach Swissbank Broner, and Moonoff the Machine Manji. Uh, before we get going, let's just mention sg.pn slash NBA picks for all our updated picks against the spread. Every single damn day, Titus, Moonoff, ZB, and I pick every game. Uh, and if you're not already, sign up for our Slack channel. It's completely free, and you get tons of insight from the SGPN contributors and community. Tons of DGENs, tons of props, tons of all kinds of information. If you're into NBA Top Shot, you got, we've even got a, uh, a channel for that. Uh, so, very exciting. Uh, this is going to be my first episode with... Scott, the rabid dog, Rachel. How's it going, Scott? Uh, doing well. Feels good. You know, we keep getting further and further in th into these first round series, and we've had some good basketball. So hopefully, we'll make some money. A lot of games to talk about, and I'm looking forward to doing it with you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to first uh, recap last night's game, which, uh, full honesty, I'm running a little slow this morning. My son's lost, and I uh, drowned my sorrows in a little bit of tequila last night. And uh, Scott's nice enough to wake up early with me today because I couldn't stay up late enough last night to record and I wanted to get this out for all of you. And uh, so we're going to recap the games. We're going to pick tonight's games. And then uh, at the end of the podcast, uh, after Scott, uh, after I cut Scott loose, I'm going to have uh, Jong Lee and Terrell Furman come on and give some props for tonight as well as the Friday parlay. So Scott, let Let's get going with the Milwaukee Bucks at Miami Heat. Milwaukee Bucks, 113. Heat, only 84. The Bucks were favored by one and a half. The total was 224 and a half. The under hit easy. Miami couldn't put up any points. What are you seeing from Miami, and is there any life in them left at all? Well, the question that you asked me is, what am I seeing from Miami? And I think that's a trick question because I'm not seeing anything from Miami. This team is dead to rights. Uh, just how it's looking. I know that Milwaukee, of course, was frustrated after losing to Miami in the bubble last year. Having said all that, I thought Miami would give them something. I thought they would at least maybe win a game or two, maybe even three. But you're just not getting anything. Now, game one, you can make an argument that Miami could have won. I know Butler was awful from the floor in game one. I believe he went four for 24. He had the game-tying shot to send it to overtime, but that game was in the balance. Then ever since then, Milwaukee looked over, and it's like somebody took the monkey off their back because they just realized, wait a second, we are significantly better at basketball than you, and there's nothing that he can really do. Offensively, they can't do anything. Defensively, they can't really do anything. And it looks like one-way traffic. 
if you're a Heat fan listening to this, I'm sorry, but I'm just being honest. Your team does not look very good right now. Yeah, this couldn't be a more different Bucks Heat series than what we got last year in the second round. This Bucks team is playing with a swagger that Miami had last season and the Bucks didn't. Uh, Butler through three games is averaging 15 points, shooting 30% from the field. Uh, they just don't have anything. You're right. From the top down, this Bucks team seems locked in. Uh, plenty has been said about Drew Holiday upgrade the Drew Hage upgrade over Eric Bledsoe from last year but also their role guys have been great too PJ Tucker and Bobby Portis don't get mentioned enough Portis is in there fighting looks great I feel like this series is over the real question is do the Bucks have a shot against the Nets in round two well I, I'm going to assume for the sake of it that the Nets are going to go up 3-0 but we'll talk about that game in a little in a little while in more depth but at the end of the day, I think that that series should go six or seven between the Bucks and the Nets. Shocker, I'm not picking the Celtics or the Heat to come back from 3-0. So if you're expecting me to do so, it's not that much of a hot take show. But I think it'll be a very good series. You saw that Milwaukee did win the two regular season uh, games right before the end of the season. However, of course, the Nets didn't have their big three entirely for those matchups because Harden wasn't there. So I do think you'll see a very entertaining series between those two teams. Should be a long one because the Nets cannot guard Giannis. I don't think that's really a kept secret at this point, but I'm not sure if the Bucs can guard the big three of the Nets. I think that'll be a war. I think it'll be a phenomenal series. And I think you can make an argument. Those two teams might be, I'd say, or they probably are two of the top four teams in the league. And you get them matched up in the second round. Not exactly something that you're accustomed to seeing that often where that early in the playoffs, you can see that high quality of basketball, but I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to game four is going to be the early game tomorrow. And I, I think we can say we wrap it up. I mean, I'm seeing an early line of bucks minus four. I definitely can see that climbing some, if some more uh, sharp money comes in on that. Um, are you going to give the heat a, you know, does this become a, a gentleman's sweep or is it a regular sweep? Are you any reason you would take the heat tomorrow? That's the thing is that if if you were going to take the heat, you have to look for some positives. And I don't really know what you're going to look for. You look at what this team has done. You had, you had Butler who played better, I guess. He had 19 points, eight rebounds, six assists, which is decent compared to the 25% shooting he was doing for the first two games. But at a bio at 17 and eight. He was okay. I know he was terrible for the first couple of games of the series. Dragic had eight points. Duncan Robinson was one for six. Ariza was 0 for four. I don't really know what to look for for the Heat because it looks like the Bucks are just better at basketball in pretty much every area. So gentlemen sweeps, I think, would be more entertaining that way so you don't just break the brooms out on them. But after last year, you know Milwaukee's not going to let up on these guys. You know Milwaukee is just going to go for it, and I think Milwaukee probably beats them in game four. I think it'll be closer, uh, but I do think Milwaukee should probably win by double digits unless Miami has a complete 180 turnaround, which I don't see happening against Milwaukee. I just think it's over. You? I agree. I agree. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks right now. I'm, I'd take a minus four in case that number climbs. Uh, don't see the heat coming back at this point. You're right. I don't see anything positive coming out of there. Let's move on then to my Phoenix Suns. At the L.A. Lakers, which uh, was interesting. This was the first playoff game in Los Angeles since, uh, like, what, 2014 or something like that. Um, the Suns only scored 95 points. The Lakers, 109. The Lakers were minus 7, uh, favored by 7. That They easily covered that. The total was 211. So the under hit. I believe the under is hitting all these games. Uh, Suns, the only positive thing really, the Suns did win the first quarter, which I did bet. Um, and I, I did have some hope early on. CP3 looked like himself in the first half, but ultimately just played 27 minutes with seven points, six assists, five rebounds. Campaign gave them something with 15 points. He's in there doing his best, but he's just not enough firepower against LeBron and AD. Uh, they just cannot keep the Lakers out of the paint. This is where... Uh, not having a true backup center for the Suns is really, really hurting him. They need a bully in there other than Aiden. Aiden, you know, that's the weakest. He's gotten better on defense, but that's the weakest part of his game. 
and uh, he just can't keep those big guys out of the paint. Um, I mean, I feel like the the Suns, in hindsight, should have grabbed like a Kem Birch or a JaVale McGee, maybe even P.J. Tucker at the trade deadline, but, uh, you know, no luck there. I'm, as a Suns fan, I'm, I'm losing hope. Is, is there anything I should see hope in, Scott? Well, I think the one thing you can see hope in is the fact that Aiton was still playing well offensively. I know Booker had an off game, which doesn't happen too often. Suns, I can't really say, kept it that close. I mean, they did in the first half, despite despite scoring 12 points in the second quarter. Luckily, they only gave up 16, so you didn't really notice it too much. But as a whole, the issue that you just mentioned is the fact that Anthony Davis and Drummond killed them on the boards pretty much every game. They lost the rebounding battle 51-35 to yesterday, and they can't really overcome that. And going to the series, I thought the Suns would win game one, and I thought the Lakers would win probably in six. And so far, it seems like we're kind of headed that way. Lakers might even win five. The Suns were a team that I liked all year long. I made a lot of money on them, betting on them to win the Pacific Division, which I got at around 9-1, to and they ended up winning the division. But still, I looked at this team, and besides the lack of a backup center, I think they need another win. I think they need another score. I'm looking at Crowder and, and Bridges. I think Bridges is a very promising young player because of his defensive upside. But offensively, neither of them can really create their own shot. They seem to be more spot-up shooters. And with the Lakers' elite defense, you can tell how the Suns have played this series not well offensively because the Lakers can pack it in. They can switch on pick and rolls. And it seems like the Suns don't really have an easy bucket getter, which they need because the Lakers get to the foul line a lot. They have LeBron and AD, and if you're not going to get easy baskets, the Suns are going to keep scoring less than 100 points, and they're going to lose. So they need more scoring. They need a backup center, and I really didn't have much hope for the Suns yesterday. I'm not sure if you're a referee conspiracy guy, but it is the 11th straight game that Chris Paul has lost in the playoffs with Scott Foster as the referee. He brought it up for the final three questions of the postgame press conference. I had tabs on it. I had money on the Lakers last night. But I don't know if you buy into that conspiracy. 11 straight playoff games, and Chris Paul himself mentions it. Something might be a little bit up with Scott Foster. Yeah, I mean, you know, NBA fans will know that Scott Foster, notoriously uh, kind of an asshole referee. And uh, I'm not saying that I buy into it or not. I think that the Lakers would have won that with anybody refereeing last night. They clearly the better team. But, um, yeah, I feel like... I mean, 11, 11 losses. I mean, that is, I didn't know that. That, that, that is pretty crazy with uh, Chris Paul. But, and I think you're spot on with uh, the Suns needing another scoring wing. I'm hopeful that Mikhail Bridges can take another leap next year like he took this year. He's more of a defensive player, but you're right, and more of a spot-up shooter. Kind of your ultimate 3 and D guy. Maybe Cam Johnson can take a leap next year. Uh, he's really promising, but has really slowed down later in the year. So you're right, though. I don't, I'm don't. i not really sure the Suns have enough firepower to make this much of a series. Maybe it goes six, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm losing hope. So if, if I'm losing hope in the Suns, um, that doesn't give a lot of hope anywhere else. Uh, the, they play on Sunday. You're going to take the Lakers, I assume? Uh, I'm going to have to look at the spread. Uh, Scott Foster's not refereeing. I'll definitely feel less confident about it. But the Suns have been able to hang around a little bit. Campaigns actually looked really good. But Paul, once again yesterday, played about 27 minutes. Didn't really play much in the fourth quarter. So I'm assuming his shoulder is still bothering him, which was kind of the cherry on top for everything that could go wrong for the Suns during the course of the series so far. Checking his status is important. The question is, do I think the Suns can steal another game? And I am not sure that they can. At the end of the day, you have AD who's going to the line about, I don't even know, 15 to 95 times per game. I don't really think the Suns can <laughs> overcome that. Uh, if you're going to be getting into foul trouble with your front court the entire time and AD and LeBron – pretty much pick you apart in the one-on-one whenever they can i don't really see much hope for the suns but i'll give them another game i said i was going i said six before the series started i'll give the lakers the next game i'll give the suns game uh five and then i think the lakers wrap it up in six at home yeah uh tend to agree with you there okay moving on we've got the last game of the night last night was the denver nuggets they put up 120 on the portland trailblazers in portland 
Trailblazers put up 115. The Nuggets were uh, an underdog by three and a half points. Uh, there was a total of 227. All three of the games this series have gone over plenty of points on both sides. I'm seeing an early line for tomorrow's game in Portland. Uh, Portland minus three and a half. Uh, early total of uh, 228 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and probably just take the over again. I said there's just a lot of, a lot of offense. Um, I picked the Blazers in this series because of the backcourt matchup. Without Jamal Murray, I didn't think Denver's backcourt could hang with Dame and CJ. But when you're getting 36 good minutes from Austin Rivers, who scored 21 points uh, with some big threes down the stretch, and 32 minutes from Compazzo uh, with 11 points, 8 assists, 2 steals. I mean, he's averaging nearly 2.5 steals over the last three games. I guess you can roll with uh, Compazzo and Austin Rivers. Um I- when you have Joker, you know, he's putting up 36 points, 12 rebounds, four assists over the last three games. I'm thinking about switching up my pick. I think that the Nuggets might go ahead and take this series. Um, what did you see last night, Scott? Well, Denver kind of controlled the game throughout. I know that the Trailblazers made it close at the end, but, I mean, the Nuggets pretty much led the entire second half, so I'm not going to overreact to it. Uh, but... Looking at this matchup, going to the series, I had the Blazers. I thought it would be a close one, probably in six or seven. Unlike you, I'm not going to waver. I'll stick with Portland. At the end of the day, Austin Rivers definitely played well, and I feel like he's been getting a lot of crap from people for the last couple of years. But, shocker, he's actually pretty good at basketball. Who would have thought? But looking at the actual matchup here, it's just a spot where I still think Portland has another gear that they can go to. Denver ended up getting great contributions for from Rivers, which nobody really expected. But Jokic is going to do whatever he wants. We already knew that going in. And Portland, even though this team really got killed in the free throw department, Denver attempted 27, Portland attempted 13. Portland still hung around and a great chance to win. And I do think that Lillard is still unguardable. I mean, we keep talking about how Jokic is putting up great numbers, but Lillard at 37 again last night. Uh, Nurkic at 13 and 13 defensively he's doing his best on Jokic but there's not really much you can do because he's going to win the MVP the main area that I think Portland needs to improve is CJ McCollum uh, I know that he ended up shooting about 70 plus percent in the second game of this series but he has not been too good in the series averaging around 21.3 points per game which sounds good but when we're talking about how he's going to be guarded by the likes of Austin Rivers or maybe Compazzo at times McCollum's got to do more. And that's why we're talking about the reasons why we like Portland. It was because of the two-headed backcourt of Lillard and McCollum. Lillard's done his part. He's going for 30-plus in every game. I think McCollum has another gear that he needs to get to. But until he actually showcases that, I think Denver's backcourt mismatch isn't as noticeable. I think he'll play better. I think Portland will end up taking game four in the series to send it back to two. But I think the series is going to be crazy, so I'm not going to waver. I think you'll see a very intense competitive series moving forward. And if McCollum plays better, Portland might win it. All right. Well, I like uh, you sticking to your guns. Me, I immediately am flip-flopping, so I think I am going to go with Denver. I liked what I saw from them last night, and but I understand all your points. Uh, okay, let's get to tonight's games. We've got the New York Knicks at Atlanta Hawks up first. Hawks are favored by four. I'm seeing a total of 211. The last two games have gone under. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Hawks tonight, and I think Trey has another big game in him. I'm seeing his uh, points prop at 26 and a half. He's averaged 31 over the last two games. So that 26 and a half feels low. I'm seeing Randall's points prop at 24 and a half. That's down two points from the last game. Still not low enough for me. He's really struggling. I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, I'm either going to go on the under or stay away from that one. Uh, I'm not seeing Nerlens Noel on the injury report. He played 16 minutes last game. Maybe that's more of a factor if he plays more minutes with Young not being able to drive into the paint. Uh, Taj Gibson has been great, but he's just too undersized to really protect that rim. Uh, so, like I said, I'm going to go with the Hawks here going back home. Minus four. Where are you going? I love the under. And I know it's not exactly the sexiest pick in the world, but at the end of the day, I said on my radio show before the actual playoff started, do you want to make a lot of money? 
bet Lakers unders and bet Knicks unders and just enjoy the profit. And so far, you had the one Lakers game in game two, which might have gone over, but it really didn't. And it took about 19 points in the final minute and a half to even go over in the first place. But other than that, though, every other game's gone under. Lakers play some really ugly, slow basketball. And the Knicks don't exactly change anything. They don't reinvent the wheel with Thibodeau. They play ugly offensively, and they're shut down defensively. And nothing has changed in this series. You've seen two unders. You've seen some hideous basketball at times. And I don't see that changing. You're looking at a total of around 211 and a half. The question is, do I think both these teams are guaranteed to get to 100? And the answer is no. So if that's the case, why would I take the over? I like the under. I think you'll see some ugly basketball. The Knicks have gotten off to some really slow starts in the first half of their two games. So I'm thinking about maybe Atlanta first half uh, as opposed to the full game. I think the spread being that large is pretty telling because the Knicks had a great home court advantage. We know that Atlanta is not exactly the best road team in the world. However, it's kind of the same way with the Knicks. They're really good at home, pretty mediocre on the road. So I do find it interesting that the Hawks are laying about four. So I probably agree with you, but I'm not going to touch the side. I like the under. Until the Knicks actually go over once in the playoffs, I'm going to keep betting the under. Yeah, I'm betting the under as well. Knicks, the best team in the league at the first half at covering the spread. Uh, I'm seeing the Knicks getting two and a half in that first half. You're, but you're going to go against it. You're going to take the Hawks. I was going to say, you look, you look at the regular season numbers. They're great in the first half. In the playoffs, that's not been the case. They've not looked very good in the first half. And yeah. it's mostly the offensive issues that we talked about. I mean, this team, whether it's Randall getting, I'd say, some awful minutes, because he's been terrible besides the second half of game two, I don't know how many trends you can actually keep in the regular season before throwing them out the window. The Knicks' first half trend, of course, is one of the biggest betting trends of the year. But in the first half of these first two games, they have been terrible. So it's one of those spots where I might have to cut ties with that trend, maybe not even just play it, but maybe just a no bet for me. But until the Knicks show me life in the first half recently, I can't bet it because they've shown me nothing for the first 24 minutes of the first two games of the series. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Okay, so let's move on. We've got the Brooklyn Nets minus 7.5 at Boston Celtics. I'm seeing a total of 227. Nets won by 22 points last game, putting up 130. Uh, All their stars played under 30 minutes each. Um, Kyrie talking shit about racism in Boston. Uh, I'm I'm not sure where he goes in Boston tonight. Um, It's hard to tell with Kyrie, uh, but I will... I, my book has his uh, over points prop at uh, 24 and a half at one uh, minus 125. So uh, books are looking at him to put up some points tonight. Uh, no Jeff Green. Claxton will play more, which I, who I really like. He's been great defensively. Uh, great spark plug for the uh, Nets. But I don't see any player props on him, but I'm looking at the Blake Griffin rebounds tonight with no Jeff Green. He's going to have to rebound a little more. I'm seeing my book has it at three and a half uh, at minus 156. Uh, He averaged nearly five rebounds per game since getting the net. He had four last game. So I like the Blake rebounding prop tonight. Uh, Any thoughts on this game tonight? Well, the thing you have to ask about the actual matchup is can the Celtics really do anything to combat the firepower the Nets have they looked really good for a half that's pretty much it half a game one looked good then everything fell apart in the second half and it kind of snowballed from there now we know the Celtics don't have Jalen Brown which of course is why nobody gave the Celtics a shot in the series in the first place Tatum had the eye injury he's probable but you have to wonder how effective he'll be because he's been a non-factor in the second half of those two games as well Kemba Walker has been the main reason why I didn't like this team all season long. He hasn't been particularly good all year, and this series hasn't been much of a difference for him. Ah, I can't take the Celtics, man. I I just can't do it. I mean, you want to try to make a case for the desperate uh, team to make a run. I can't. This team just isn't very talented. And they're trying out there. Not really much you can do about it. You're against three of the best scorers in the league, and your team can't score. They've played five times this season in the playoffs and in the regular season. Nets have won all five, really hasn't been that close. I think the Nets bury them. I think the Nets probably break out the brooms in a couple nights, but we'll see about that. As for the actual props, I know you mentioned Jeff Green. I'm looking at Joe Harris uh, for points. I know that he ended up going nuts in the first quarter of game two. 
You look at his point prop, it's around 12 and a half. I expect him to play more minutes because Jeff Green's also kind of a stretch four who likes to shoot from the perimeter. But with him out, I do think they'll keep Harris in for a lot of minutes to increase the spacing for that team, especially with so many isolation heavy guys. I do think they'll keep Harris in. I think he'll probably keep shooting well from the outside. And the Celtics, I I want to give them a chance, but they just don't have enough talent. I think you'd probably agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's going to be a sweep. I said it before the series started, and I'm not uh, going away from that. I haven't seen anything from the Celtics, and they just look like they were getting worse last game. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the L.A. Clippers, minus two at the Dallas Mavericks, seeing a total of 219. This is the highest total uh, yet of these uh, uh, in this series. Went over last game, uh, missed by two points in game. One, uh, seeing that uh, Kleber and Serge Ibaka are both questionable tonight. I mean, it's just been all Luka. And nobody, I don't think anybody predicted coming into this series that the Mavs would have a chance at winning this. And it looks like they are in the lead to get this. Um, I don't know. What do the Mavericks do going home tonight? Well, that's the thing. Going to the series, I personally had the Clippers, like most people. However, uh, I said it on this podcast about a week ago or a week and a half ago, and I thought that Dallas would actually give the Clippers a run for their money. I thought the Clippers would win the series, but I did think Dallas would uh, present a couple challenges, mostly because of the fact that the Clippers couldn't guard Luka at all last year in the playoffs, and I just assumed you'd see the same thing over again, and that's been the case. But the spread makes no sense to me, and I just got to bring it up. The Clippers are laying two and a half. It's in Dallas. And we know Texas is going to have a full crowd out there for the Mavericks game. I don't really know how I'm supposed to take the Clippers. I get the idea of the Clippers being a better seed. I get the fact the Clippers are supposed to, I'd say, get back on track and make this a series just so they don't get swept. But at the end of the day, what have they shown me for the first two games of the series and even last year against Denver, which tells me this team in adversity knows how to deal with it? Absolutely nothing. I don't trust anything about this Clippers team. Kawhi was great in game two. Didn't matter. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop Luka defensively. And even Hardaway Jr. has been great. But you're going to give me Dallas at home with a full capacity crowd after being up to nothing and they're getting plus money. Am I missing something? Because I really just don't understand this. And I think it's solely based on reputation. Yeah, it's absolutely based on reputation. I don't get it either. I thought that the Clippers would come back in game two and uh you know be embarrassed about what happened in game one and i bet the clippers again and i really regret that so i'm not taking the clippers here i don't know what kind of pot you know i really don't know what is telling me i should uh so i I agree with you 100 percent uh i wanted to mention the series price right now i'm seeing the clippers series price at plus 230 any thoughts on taking the clippers series price I'm not doing it. If they win tonight, maybe. But as of right now, down 2 well, and you're going to lose a decent amount of plus money if they win tonight. But I can't do it. I know that you're looking at the actual roster, and the main reason why I was never high on this Clippers team all year long was the fact that this team has no identity. You look at some of the best teams in the league, and they usually have a go-to five guys. They have a go-to group of five guys. You know, five minutes down, five minutes left on the clock, I mean, you're in a tie game. These are the five guys I'm going to ride or die with. And the issue with the Clippers is they don't have those five guys. Of course, they're going to use Kawhi Leonard. They're going to use Paul George. And using Paul George is a serious problem because a lot of people know about his playoff struggles in the past. But other than that, who else are you going to use? And you can rotate playoff Rondo, who's really been a non-factor at this point. You can talk about Marcus Morris being in your big five, which I don't like Marcus Morris, and they overpaid him. But I don't think he's very good, and he hasn't had a great series. Abaka's barely played. I don't really know what the story is there because Zubak's been getting killed. Uh, Batum's been okay, but do you really want him to be in your final five? Like, they don't have an identity. They don't have a group of five guys that they can go to when things get rough, and that's the issue I have. Dallas knows going in, if it's a close game, we're going to use Luka, we're going to use Porzingis, we're going to use Hardaway, we're going to be using Finney Smith, and we're going to be using Cleaver. That's our five. We're confident with that. That's who we're going to roll with. The Clippers don't have that. And I don't exactly trust Ty Lue without LeBron in the playoffs to make adjustments. So 
Am I expecting the Clippers to do much? Maybe a little bit. But Ty Lu is one no playoff games without LeBron. So I'm not going to assume he's going to start making these all-time great Popovich-level adjustments. I like Dallas until the Clippers show me that not only can they come back, but they actually just don't run away in the face of adversity, and I haven't seen that. So I'm not taking the Clippers. You have any thoughts on the Clippers in the series, Price? No, I'm not taking it either. I, you know, if you had given me that after game one, I definitely would have jumped all over that plus two thirty. But now I, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really touch this game. I'm not betting this game. I don't see anything about this game that I like. Um, you know, I would say that I like Dallas tonight just because they've just been so much better in the last two games and I don't believe in the Clippers I agree with everything you said don't think the Clippers have an identity don't see them coming back from adversity I don't think that Ty Lue is this you know strategician type of coach where he can go head to head and make much of a difference uh, I think he's there to pump the guys up but he's not doing that so yeah uh Staying away from this game tonight, but if I had to pick, I think that I'd go with Dallas. I like the point you made with them being back in Dallas. Full crowd, and yeah, Luka's got to be feeling himself, and the Mavericks, they have a lot of confidence, and I don't see any confidence coming from the Clippers. I'm sure they're also annoyed. I mean, that's why I thought Dallas would end up being a potential live dog in the series. I didn't think they'd win, but the idea was the Clippers basically tanked. You lost to the Rockets and the Thunder, in the last two games of the season, which is almost impossible to do because both those teams are terrible, just to avoid the Lakers. And they chose to play Dallas. They wanted to play Dallas. And I'm sure Dallas was annoyed because that was the same team that beat them last year. And they felt disrespected because the team was intentionally losing just to play them in the first round. And that extra chip on their shoulder might be all, all you need. And it seems like the Clippers didn't exactly expect to get much resistance or at least as much as they've gotten so far this series. And I don't know if they can ramp it up. I'll wait and see it before I believe in it. Absolutely. All right. Scott, thank you so much for joining me early in the morning. Where can people find you? So people can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio on Twitter. And other than that, I've also been doing a lot of editing for the NBA Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, and the Golf Gambling Podcast. So if you watch any of those shows, you probably have seen my work and you didn't know it was me. Okay. Before we get to our prop bet picks and our Friday's parlays with Jong Lee and Terrell Furman, a word from our sponsors. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. You know what? I just moved to the East Coast from the West Coast. I'm in a small beach town in North Carolina. My whole life has really changed since the pandemic. But you know what hasn't changed? My choice of beverage, and that is Coors Light. There is nothing more refreshing, better on the beach, better walking around town. I know I'm not supposed to, you know, open containers walking around town, but, you know, I like to pour my Coors Light in a little uh, to-go cup. Just go anywhere. I'm, I'm, You know what? It is 9.30 a.m. I am drinking a tall boy Coors Light right now. There's only one beer out there that is literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. So grab yourself a Coors Light made to chill. And finally, if you haven't tried Underdog Fantasy yet, you have to check out their Fantasy Best Ball tournaments. They're some of the best around, including the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win up to $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying, player props for the MLB, NBA, and plenty more. They also have a special NBA Playoffs Best Ball tournament as well going right now. Jump in now before you miss it. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball 2 Mania tournament for your chance to win up to $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, and now I'm bringing in two of my favorite Friday contributors from the Locker Room shows. And uh, first time that I've had them on a 
proper pro podcast recording where I'm actually looking at them both on Zoom. Uh, feels kind of weird, but also kind of good. I've got John Lee and Terrell Furman. How's it going, boys? What's up? Can't wait. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Terrell, you're not bringing as much energy as because you can see me. No, no, no. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's Nick's uh Nick's game three tonight. Uh they they stole one from us, but we coming back at it. Um, I want all the smoke with Trey Young today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, before we get into uh, I've got you guys on to do props and Friday's parlays, but before we get into it, I wanted to ask Trey real quick i'm seeing a knicks series price at plus 110 are you betting the house oh, or what oh how, oh get on it get on it no no look and i'm not trying to be a homer i'm not trying to be a homer i'm trying to uh be an analyst in telling you this defense travels i don't care you can have an off shooting night anywhere defense is going to travel and so Expect that defense to show up in Atlanta with full force. Don't be surprised if we come back here next week and it's 3-1 Knicks going back to Madison Square Garden. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. So I, I am going to jump on that plus 110. And I'm going to head and let you go first. What are your favorite props for tonight? All right. Um, Let's start with that Knicks game. My, uh. One of my favorite props tonight for the Knicks is Derrick Rose over 18 and a half points. Um, D Rose has been here before, man. D Rose is leading this team through the playoffs right now. He has that experience. He's that veteran leadership on the team, comes off the bench and brings energy. I think he's going to uh, play a little bit more minutes than usual. I think uh, Tibbs is about to up his minutes low just because of the contribution he has in all aspects of the game. And in his last 10, he's averaging 19.7 points per game. Uh, and he's hit this number in five of his last 10 games. So I expect uh, D Rose to get out there, probably get matched up with Trey Young a few times and uh, take him to the cup. So I love his over on points. And what uh, what's the odds you're seeing at that? Uh, let me look. I think FanDuel had it at... Give me one second. There we go. All right. Yeah, FanDuel has it as minus 118. So a little bit of juice on it, but I think it's worth it. Got it. All right. D-Rose over his point props. Did you say at 18 and a half or what would you have it at? Yeah, 18 and a half points. Yep. All right. My book has it at minus 114. I'm going to jump on that. Uh, D-Rose, love the explanation. I think you're right. I think Tibbs loves going with the veterans. He really trusts Rose. And you're going to need to win this game. So I can definitely see him playing more minutes. What else you got? All right, let's go over to Boston and Brooklyn. I have KD over seven and a half boards. This is actually very low. I wouldn't be surprised if this is bought up to uh, eight and a half, ooh, nine and a half, maybe a little bit much, but I think eight and a half uh, will be about later in the day. So I get on that as soon as possible, but over seven and a half boards, uh, Boston allows 15.1 rebounds to the center position. And if you've been watching this series, that's what KD's been playing. He's basically been their center. He's that big guy um, down low for him where, where he may not be trying to post them up offensively, but he's definitely handling the load down there rebounding. He hit and he's hit this number in eight of his last 10 games, guys, like twice this series, eight of his last 10 is uh, I don't think odds makers are hip on it yet or understand that KD's taking a different role for this series. So I definitely love over KD's board seven and a half. And I'm getting that on FanDuel. And I'm seeing that on my book at minus 130. Minus 130. I think I have it about the same odds. So it's, it's I expect it to uh, jump up. Hopefully not before people hear this, but I expect it to at least hit that eight and a half. And I still like it at the eight and a half. I'll play it up to nine and a half. And I got it at minus 118 on FanDuel. I like that uh, a lot. And even more so, I mentioned this in the preview that I was doing with Scott, is that Jeff Green is not playing. So you take yep. one of their bigs away and they're going to need to uh, up the rebounding from the rest of those guys. So absolutely. Uh, Totally agree with you on that one. All right. So KD over seven and a half boards and uh, D Rose over 18 and a half points. Do you have another? 
Yeah, I got one more for the Clippers uh, Mavericks game. We're going to go Chris Stas Porzingis over 19 and a half points. The former New York Nick, a uh, little sore taste in our mouth about him, but you know, I'm going to show him some love for this prop cycle. Uh, he's hit this in three of his five playoff games against the Clippers, and really it was going to be four, but Marcus Morris had other things to say about that in game one last year uh, with an injection. So, um, he, he's just a bad matchup. That's really all it is. Like, I don't know. People say this Clippers team tanked to play the Mavericks, but the Mavericks are a whole bunch of bad matchups for the Clippers. You've seen it all this series. And not only are there bad matchups on the courts, especially with Chris Asporzingis, but they're a bad matchup coaching wise. They're getting out coached on um, Clip Tyloo is getting out coached this series. I don't think he's making the adjustments. Uh, they probably try to slow Luca down and focus all their attention on Luca, but don't realize Kristaps Porzingis is the one that's probably going to hit him over the head. So I love his over points total today. So over points total, Kristaps, I'm seeing that on my book, 19 and a half. I'm getting at, at uh, minus 112. I have uh, it at minus 108 on FanDuel. So very good. All right. Love those all. Okay. Uh, all good. Let's, John, what do you got? I am loving Trey Young tonight. Um, Trey Young over on his points prop, over 26 and a half. I'm seeing currently in my local bookie at minus 120 odds. Um, so the standard juice almost. Um, so over 26 and a half. Uh, Trey Young, uh, he, he has. You know, he's, he, you know, he scored, you know, 30 and 32 in his first, you know, two playoff games. I think at home, you know, when he's not getting spit on or when he's not getting cursed on, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have, you know, a monster game today. You know, one of the things that, you know, if you're not a Trey Young backer, that thing you kind of get annoyed about him is that he hunts for the fouls. He, you know, he passes by his, you know, defender and the defender, you know, tries to chase after him, but he stops and the defender runs, runs into him. He has that patent move kind of down and, you know, he's going to just knock those, you know, shots, get those fouls. And so I, I think over 26 and a half is, is, is a lot. For me. Over 26 and a half minus 120 odds. Yeah. Uh, I'd actually written that one down myself. Cause I had noticed that I mean, he's, you know, the first two games over 30 points. And then uh, you're getting that at 26 and a half feels pretty good. I mean, obviously the Knicks defense, one of the best in the league, but Trey young is carving them up and you're right. He's drawn a lot of fouls. So it's going to be tough for them to stop him from getting over 30. So I had written that one down as well. Uh, okay. What do you got next, John? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take in the, in the next game, I want to take Tristan Thompson. I want to take his, uh, over rebound props at eight and a half. Um, currently, I'm actually seeing his over, you know, the rebounds total at over eight and a half is plus 104 um, in my in my uh, local bookie. So plus 104. That's what I have too, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the thing about Tristan Thompson is um, his only other competition as a center, you know, get, getting the rebounds is, would be who? Like Robert Williams. Um, and the thing, thing, thing with Robert Williams is in game two, they both had, you know, almost, you know, I think uh, Trist, Tristan Thompson had, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 11 rebounds, 11 or 10 rebounds, and, and Robert Williams had nine, nine or nine or 10 rebounds himself. So while, while there might be competition in, in the rebounds, he, he, he uh he he's still able to get that at over eight and a half at plus odds going back to his cleveland days um you know there there there's a few you know sample size um in terms of the rebounds he's averaged in the playoffs right um in his early years in cleveland before kevin love got there he, he was still averaging 10 and a half, 10 10.8 nine rebounds when kevin love was there he was still getting around 8.3 so at plus odds, I don't mind, you know, plus 104, over eight and a half rebounds. His only competition is Robert Williams. And with Robert Williams getting nine rebounds or 10 rebounds last game, he still had, had over 10 or 11 rebounds himself. So Tristan Thompson, over eight and a half rebounds at plus dog odds. 
All right. I like that. I don't think I took a Tristan Thompson prop all season long. So uh, why not start now? Uh, anything else? Uh, the only other one would be uh, the Luka Doncic uh, triple-double prop. Uh, I'm seeing online that uh, like FanDuel's and uh, other places have him to get a triple-double at plus 300. You know, he's played eight playoff games, and all of them have been against the Clippers. And all in eight games, he's had three triple-doubles, right? And so while he didn't have a triple-double in game two, he had a triple-double in game one. And he's had three triple-doubles already. I think, I think going back home up to, oh, you know, whether, whether the Clippers or the, you know, whether Clippers win or not, I think um, there's, there, it's, a, it's a fun shot to kind of take. Plus 300 to record a triple-double um Luka Doncic that was yeah. that's more of a kind of a Hail Mary type Friday I like I like wow. that we talked about in the preview that you know they're going back to Dallas it's Texas they're gonna have that arena full uh there's gonna be a lot of excitement coming from that crowd with you know with the Dallas being up 2-0 so at plus 300 yeah why not give it a shot like all those all right thanks all right so now we've got the Fridays parlays. And if you're not familiar with this, this is the bets, the long shots to get the blood pumping tonight on a Friday. So Terrell, you're the master of these. What do you got? All right. You know, I have a 10 to one for you. I really don't feel comfortable giving out anything less than 10 to one. So I love it. Uh, I love it. All right. We're going to uh, kick it off in Atlanta. I have the Knicks first half spread plus two and a half. Um, I was actually surprised to see this getting plus two and a half on the first half of the Knicks. Uh, I think this is going to be, these are two evenly matched teams at the end of the day. They're two evenly matched teams. I expect this team, this to go uh, wire to wire, whether they win it, win the first half or keep it close. I don't expect it to be three points for sure. So um, I like the Knicks uh, plus, plus two and a half. I think they can actually come out and punch a land in the mouth and get a win in the first half, but I'll take points. Uh, next, I have the Brooklyn Nets over 20 to over 226 points. The Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics over 226 points. I think uh, homecoming for Kyrie kind of sorta. Uh, you can try to call it a home, but I think the Celtics are ready to get back on their own floor and just go crazy, put up a whole bunch of points, try to make this somewhat of a series, try to make it somewhat interesting. I think the fans are going to be electric after Kyrie's comments uh, towards them. And I think they're just going to let the Nets have it, give that Boston team a bunch of energy. And we know that Nets team can score. We're not concerned about that. So I love their over as a parlay, please. And then the Clippers money line, I'm just going to just – go back to the well and say, I don't think the Clippers are going to go down 3-0, uh, 0-3 to the Mavericks. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm not confident enough with Ty Lue to take the uh, two and a half points there, but I just need him to win the game. So Clippers just go out, win the game. We'll cash that. And then I'm going to go over to MLB from a final piece, uh, uh, over, over eight and a half total runs for the Baltimore Orioles, Chicago White Sox. Uh, Chicago number one team in the league, getting Matt Harvey. We talk about them against left-handed pitching, but they're pretty good against right-handed pitching as well. Uh, eighth in um, at eighth for average against right-handed pitchers. Fifth with total runs against right-handed pitchers. So uh, I like this the opportunity for this game to go over. Chicago put up a bunch of runs. Baltimore is no. Uh, is no scrub putting up a bunch of runs against Dallas Keiko as well. So I like the over and that's going to give you 10 to one odds. Knicks plus two and a half first half spread over 226 points for the Nets Celtics over eight and a half runs for the Chicago White Sox and Baltimore Orioles and Clippers on the money line. Just win the game. Great. All right. That's, Love that. All right. And, if, you know, if you don't remember it, uh, Terrell can put that in the uh, SGPN Slack channel of NBA. If you're not already a part of it, go to sg.pn slash Slack and hit them up. Okay, John, what do you got? All right. I got my Friday parlay. It's a it's a three team parlay. 
So my first one is going to be the Atlanta Hawks spread for the first quarter. So I'm currently seeing the spread for the first quarter at minus one and a half. However, I want to take it to minus two and get it at plus 108. So Atlanta Hawks spread first quarter minus two. The angle is that the first two games, they've jumped on the Knicks. You know, they've, they've uh, ended the first quarter up seven, up eight in game one and game two. So I'm going to take minus two at plus 108. Two, number two. I just want to take the, the Mavericks money line at plus 120. Um, I... I'm just not. I'm just not feeling uh, Ty Lue like uh, like Rel said. I I I don't feel playoff P, um, and I am feeling Luca Luca Magic Dallas Mavericks plus one twenty money line. And my final piece is taking the Brook, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I had it at minus eight. I bought it uh, up to minus nine to get plus one hundred nine odds. So. Uh, that's, that's my three right there. So just to kind of repeat, Atlanta Hawks spread, first quarter, minus two. Um, Dallas Mavericks, money line, plus 120. And then Brooklyn Nets spread, minus nine, plus 109. Um, and 30, 30, 30 uh, gets you about 256. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little mini parlor there for you guys. Yeah, like that, like that a lot. Okay, I'm going to give out mine. I've got the Nets team total over 117 and a half. That's at minus 115. Uh, Nets hung 130 on Boston last time. I think they can easily get over this uh, 117 and a half. Then I like the under 211 uh, total for the game uh, Hawks. Knicks. I mean, I think you can always win money if you're betting the Knicks under just because their defense is so good. And I think Tibbs is going to have these guys hyped up to play defense tonight. Then I'm looking at the Blake Griffin over three and a half rebounds tonight. Prop. That's at minus 150. He's averaged nearly five rebounds since coming to the Nets. No Jeff Green tonight. He's going to have to grab more rebounds, probably play some more minutes. Blake Griffin over three and a half rebounds minus 150. And then I'm going to go with the Nets minus eight. I uh, just don't believe in this Boston team at all. I think Kyrie's going to be pumped up. He's already been talking shit on the crowd. Put a hundred on that and you will win 1060. Love that. That'll get the blood pumping. What do you guys think <laughs> That's about what that? I like to hear. Yeah, I like, that. I like that. I was looking at a uh, Blake Griffin. Uh, it was it was kind of uh, in my honorable mention, so to speak, in my Got props. It. But yeah, that was uh, I don't mind that. Well, yeah. I'm honored that one of my props made your honorable mention. So I appreciate that, John. <laughs> Guys, good luck with all your bets tonight and this weekend. Uh, and we'll have you back on next week. Good luck. Ba -ba 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 -ba